In episode two, we talked about the Way of Hebron, Hebron Road that is a six-lane highway connecting Jerusalem and Bethlehem. It's built on top of the ancient road that connected those two locations. Well, Hebron Road connects to a couple other less famous roads, but still major in terms of their breadth. The point is, Tantur is at a literal crossroads of some really major highways. Traffic whips by below Tantur's hilltop in a way that would make Chicago commuters feel right at home. And we've mentioned Tantur's proximity to key sites in the region. You're a 10-minute bus ride from the old city, a 10-minute walk from the old town of Bethlehem. And even closer still is the checkpoint with its own kind of bustle. But here's the thing. Up on Tantur's hilltop, you can't hear any of that. Not only can you not hear it, but you have no idea it's that close. I've worked with Tantur almost since I came to the university. A lot of the marketing materials in years past have used this term, oasis, to describe Tantur. And when we talked to people about the place for this series, that term came up over and over again, and with good reason. Tantur is next to several key holy sites, and a number of them have to do with rest. The final resting place of the matriarch Rachel is just next door. Mar Elias Monastery, where the prophet Elijah reportedly rested while fleeing Jezebel, is about a kilometer away. And then next to it, there's the ruins of the Church of the Cathisma, the Seat of Mary, where early church fathers said the Blessed Virgin rested on her way into Bethlehem. The traditional definition of an oasis is a place of rest, so it's an apt descriptor for Tantur for a number of reasons. But the dictionary definition includes something else. A fertile place. A place where things can grow. As we wrapped up our time here, it became clear that in the case of Tantur, both apply. I'm Andy Fuller, and you're listening to Notre Dame Stories Tantur, Hill in the Holy Land. There is a clear kind of um, clear difference between being here and being outside. So they can experience Jerusalem, they can experience Bethlehem, but at the end of the day, they can always come back to this place, um, to this oasis, let's call it, and with its safety and security. Uh, they can study here, they can learn here, they can build up relationships with their, um, with their students, uh, their student colleagues, as well as with the community, the special community that we have here. Daniel Schwaka is the executive director of the University of Notre Dame at Tantur. He's over the operations for both the Jerusalem Global Gateway and the Tantur Ecumenical Institute. It's a new role for Schwaka and for the university, coming at a time when Notre Dame is looking to expand its presence here. On our final day at Tantur, we walked around the grounds with Daniel to get his take on the place and its position here both literally and figuratively. Uh, one, this is Jerusalem. 
So maybe we today don't believe this is the center of the world, but it's definitely a center of the world. Coming here, uh, learning about the heritage, the history that has happened here, um, um, everything around the religious frictions and um, the political items that we have here, um, for our students to learn that, to live it, to experience it, um, is something that helps them capture, understand this part of the world, and by that also uh, to understand a larger piece of the world itself. Right? Our students um, come here, uh, we offer them um, courses that are run here um, at Tantur, but we're, we encourage them to go both to Bethlehem and to the university in, in Jerusalem, to the Hebrew University. By that, our students are in a position to, both, to learn both the Palestinian side as well as the Israeli side and immerse on both sides um, on, on a quite a deep level of, of uh, interaction. Um, I think despite all the hostility and the violence that we have in this region, and we do have some of that, um, I still think that Palestine, Israel is a, is a fertile land when it comes to education. So the students that come here um, have a lot to learn from, from our partners, the academic partners, from the universities that we work with, again, both on the Palestinian as well as on the Israeli side. To be sure, Notre Dame has used Tantour in the way Shvaka describes for several decades. Now, the university is looking to build on that. Some of that looks like the program we covered in Episode 2, when theology professor Avi Winitzer led students on an archaeological expedition at Tantour and another site in Israel. To understand more of what future faculty involvement could look like, we spoke to folks from Notre Dame International, including Vice President for Internationalization, Michael Pippinger. Here's a bit from that conversation. The university's presence in the Holy Land is something that's open for everyone. When the institute was started, as I mentioned, it was meant to be a research institute focused on the scholarly study of ecumenism. But now, as the university looks to become the great global Catholic university of the 21st century, it's important for all of our colleges and schools and the faculty members that are in those colleges and schools to understand that they can use uh, the platform that we have in Jerusalem for their own research. I think it's important for our partners in the Holy Land uh, to see that Notre Dame's faculty are doing interesting research projects that can promote the common good and tackle challenges that uh, people are facing in Jerusalem and facing around the world. We're one of only two U.S. universities to have this kind of a physical presence in Jerusalem and to be able to be in the heart of a whole series of conversations and dialogues and challenges and conflicts and opportunities is something that's unique for our faculty, unique for our students, and it's a place that we are very grateful to be in. And to that end, we've wanted to grow our presence, grow the identity. The future is very bright for the university in Jerusalem. We've had a series of conversations with the deans of various colleges and schools and asked them to imagine what kinds of new initiatives make the most sense for us to house uh, on site for our faculty and students. And so in doing that, we've canvassed them about research projects that are particularly important to our mission and vision as a university, and we'll be growing those programs. And I've been doing this since 
2006, you know, every summer coming here using Tantur as a base to do research mm -hmm. in the, the region. One Notre Dame faculty member already using Tantur is Asher Kaufman, the director of the Kroc Institute for International Peace Studies. We spoke with him as he was finishing up his summer of work at Tantur. We have had a two-year MA program since 2005. Mm -hmm. Before that, it was a one-year program. And uh, the third semester of the MA program is a field placement. We send students to different parts of the world, usually conflict zones, post-conflict zones, to study, uh, to be embedded in uh, peace uh, organizations and uh, to work, learn, to become, I mean, to serve basically as interns in these organizations and in the process also learning and studying and integrating their studies in theory mm -hmm. with the real-life experience. You know, studying peace, you have to start with studying conflict, root causes of conflict, and how to transform root causes of conflict. And this is what you do, with, this is at least half of what we do here at the, the Kroc Institute. So when you look at our students, uh, they study peace and their degrees in peace studies, but they study it from the perspective of how to understand conflicts and how to transform conflicts. And Tantur has been a very good uh, place to, uh, for them to, to be at. I mean, it's a safe zone, it's, a, it's an opportunity for them. You know, they can go, they spend a day in Bethlehem or Ramallah or East Jerusalem, sometimes in intense situations, and then they come here and you can decompress here. Uh, it's really unique in this, uh, uh, this place. There it is again, a place to decompress, relax, rest, an oasis. Throughout the 1990s, during what we call the, the peace decade, peace talks, decades between Israelis and Palestinians, Tantur was used by peace organizations, Israeli-Palestinian International, as a hub. The place was bustling with uh, activities of Israelis, Palestinians, and internationals who used the location, this location as a space to meet, to have events, conferences. Uh, it was a very convenient, geographically convenient place because you could come from Bethlehem, from Jerusalem, and both Palestinians and Israelis considered the space as neutral. So I see Crocs work and uh, our MA students as a continuation of that uh, tradition. And the, the place is a neutral place for peace activism. And there are no spaces in the areas that Israel controls that are considered uh, neutral. But this is an area that Israel controls, but is still considered uh, neutral. Father Ted Hesburgh, whose work to establish Tantur we covered in episode one, also established the Kroc Institute. Peace was his passion. In an interview in 2009, he said his hope was for people to walk through the doors of Tantur and ask what they could do to bring about peace. You've already met one peace studies student, Amelia McManus, 
who we followed in episode three. So Tantor is beautiful. I think the word that people say often describe Tantor is it's an oasis. And it is, the grass is well manicured, there's fountains, the people are beyond friendly, couldn't be more welcoming. Um, and it plays a very rich place in understanding Christian unity itself. Um, so it was cool to be there as studying, as studying theologians, I guess you could say, and get to be in a space that was so crucial to the Christian faith. But it's also perched upon a hill that looks down into Bethlehem, right past the security wall. And so that's tough because now you feel the tension of being in a beautiful space, but a reminder that this is contested territory, one. And two, that we're in a space that symbolizes peace and unity for Christians, but we have a visual reminder that there's still strife. There's still a lot of uh, instability uh, going on today. So of course, educationally, it was very impactful as a political science and peace studies student. These types of trips are really important because like I said, you can study in a book, but you don't have the experiential time there that is very valuable as a learner, um, but as an individual, as someone who travels a lot in order to constantly remind myself of the need for empathy, the need for understanding, and also the value of being a learner and a listener first, um, rather than always being the one talking. which sounds an awful lot like why Tom Tour was founded in the first place. Hello. Hi, Kristen. How are you? I'm Kristen Kohlberg studied at Tantour as a Notre Dame undergrad in the 90s. She's now on staff at St. John's School of Theology in Minnesota. So do you remember, um, you know, going back to your, your undergrad study abroad experience, do you remember what it was like getting dropped off there for the first time? Do you remember what that experience was like? So, you know, you, I traveled with other Notre Dame students, and we had, I remember, a really long way over in Paris. And so you kind of get to Tantour, and you're tired <laughs> and weary. And I remember... You know, Tantor, as you know well, you know, has that reception area at the front. And I just remember, you know, greeting us and talking to us and welcoming us. And I remember that my friend said, you know, we land, we got there at like 6 p.m. after like 24 hours of travel. And, and they said, let's go out into the city and see something. And my first reaction was, oh, my gosh so tired I can't even imagine <laughs> but we did because it was so exciting and you know you were in this like you know place that has a palpable history to it that's just totally unlike you know nothing in the U.S. can compare to the history you just immediately feel in Jerusalem you know from the minute you get there, you feel like I'm in a safe place. I'm part of a community. I, even though a lot of the ground around me feels like it's shifting because it's so radically different, I feel like this place is going to like let me, let me explore. It just really taught me that um, you need to hear from a variety of voices and indigenous voices and you can't just learn about something always from afar because you need to hear the story from 
somebody who's living it and maybe not from like the dominant narrative of how the story generally gets told. Kristen was appointed by the Vatican to be on the Council for the International Dialogue between the Anglican Church and the Catholic Church, and she credits her time at Tantour for being the pivot point in her career path. And that's the other thing that an oasis does. It provides fertile land. Father Russ, the Tantour rector, put this better than I can. Tantour is a place that has brought scholars and students and committed lay people and clergy from all different parts of the world for its programming. And by, by sending its own students here for study abroad experiences, by having Notre Dame faculty come here for their own research, uh, they have engaged with all of those people who've come from different parts of the world. I think that ultimately here at Tantour, we're, we're always about planting seeds, some of which we see come to fruition, as I think we have, and, and some of them we may not see for generations. That image of, of an oasis it, it is one that people turn to frequently in, in describing Tantour. And I think that that is pretty accurate. It's, it's not only because of the beauty of our grounds, although that's certainly part of it. Uh, people come back from their experiences of going out and engaging with the local communities, and they come back to a space that is peaceful, even though now we're at the center of a lot of urban development. It does help to create a space uh, in which people are able to reflect and about the significance of what they've experienced and, and to think a bit about what it's calling forth from them. Because I think that's important, that, that people come to this place and leave feeling as if they've been changed in some way. As we packed up to head back to Tel Aviv's Ben-Gurion airport, we felt something similar. As Father Ted said back in the 90s, Jerusalem is a place that grabs your heart, and he's entirely correct. And part of the reason for this series was to communicate some of that. I can guarantee we didn't do it justice, because words can't describe it well enough. And even the stories we've published in this series on Indeed.edu, with all their imagery and words and video and graphics, well, they don't tell enough of the story either. But there's a bit of comfort knowing that part of the reason we can't get to the whole story is that the story is still being told. That's why it makes sense to be here, on this hill in the Holy Land, in this most important part of the world, as that story is unfolding. Tantour, Hill in the Holy Land, is produced by the Office of Public Affairs and Communications. Our music is by David Tran.